imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha, everyone. I am so happy to bring you Ashana Solaris today, and she has Clarity Breathwork, which is just fabulous. And I I know that you're all going to want to learn more about this because it it can bring a lot of wonderful things into your life. So welcome, Ashana. Thank you so much Mm. for coming. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here, Emily. As I, I had the privilege of having Marcy Shimoff on my podcast a few weeks ago. And when we were talking afterwards, she says, you just have to have Ashana on because she's, she's just perfect oh. for your people. So, oh, so here she I'm, is. I'm so glad. Yeah, Marcy brings me onto her stage a lot to support her program. Yeah. So I'm grateful she sent That's me. So cool. <laughs> yes. Well, let's start off with it. Tell, tell us what breathwork is. Mm. Well, for me, uh, breathwork is just a master medicine that's that's right here <laughs> in inside of our very own selves that we can access at any time to breathe into whatever's arising for us. And there's so much arising right now in the time that we live in and a lot of stress and unprocessed emotions and grief. And, and if we can find a, a way to take conscious, connected breaths into our bodies and stay, you know, stay with ourselves, stay present, then we can allow what our experience is to really organically um, complete itself. So if we have unprocessed grief or fear or stress or resources of joy that we haven't tapped into, the breath can, can free us up, can free up our life force energy, can move the blocks out of our, out of our bodies, out of our minds, out of our emotions so that we can have a more direct experience of who we really are. Oh, what a beautiful way to describe it. I know it it sounds funny to say, but I think most people don't pay attention to their breathing at all. It happens constantly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they're they're not doing it consciously. And I think that doing a breathing consciously makes a huge difference. I know it does for me. If ever I start getting uptight, I know, uh, you know, just slow down, slow down your breath, pay attention. That's right. right. Most of us don't breathe fully. We hold the breath and especially during stressful situations, we hold the breath or we just habitually hold the breath. So we're not really living fully. We're not really engaged and, and feeling. And a lot of times that comes from the very first breath when we were born into this world um, where the cord was cut too soon in most cases, and we were hung upside down and spanked. That's the archetypal image, welcome to the world. And so for many of us, the first breath was a breath of terror. Can't get my breath. So we may have all kinds of blockages around our breath from that initial experience. And then every time that trauma happened around us or parents were fighting or someone died or all of the stresses of life where we we learn to habitually hold on and from a trauma perspective, go into a freeze where we don't have our breath. 
And part of my job is to hold the space for people when they're ready in a safe way to reclaim their breath and to start to free up all that energy that got stuck and blocked and is playing out in our current life. Yes, um, that's so important. You you just reminded me, I I used to work in labor and delivery as a nurse. Oh, wow. So you've seen it. I've I've seen it. And when I was working, they had kind of not been hanging the poor babies upside down anymore because they're slippery. (laughs) They've got so much stuff on them. (laughs) It would be too easy to drop them. But the thing that that I liked about it, especially if a, a baby was having difficulty breathing, what they would do is rub their back. Mm. And and that would mm. bring them around the instead of doing something you know harsh, with jarring, trying yeah something like that. And I always thought that was so. It's, it was kind of profound to watch when when a baby would have trouble breathing and they'd start breathing when they were just comforted with that back rub. Well, I would say that's like a perfect definition of breath work with a qualified you know breath worker is that we're there to hold this space of unconditional love and support to to symbolically, metaphorically, or literally rub someone's back to help them to start breathing again. It's, that's so important. I know I've, I've been with uh, lots of people who are dealing with someone who is in the transitioning process. Right. And I I have a tendency to, instead of holding a hand, be like behind them and, and put my hand on their back or on their shoulder and maybe rub it a little bit and be close enough to them that I breathe slow. Yes. And I think that they kind of pick up on that that slower breath. And, and as they slow down a little bit, they seem to relax into what's happening so that it's easier for them to, to deal with what's going on. Right. We, we actually have quite a few hospice uh, nurses and workers and death doulas who come and take the Clarity Breathwork training because it's just such a good fit. It's to mm-hmm. be able to breathe with someone. And I was able to be there with my father and really was it was as if he was in a breath session because his breathing and, and I could feel that on some level he was very consciously breathing and really working on, you know, gently departing his body. And, and as a, a breath worker, you know, as well as a daughter, you know, I could track that with him and stay present with him and encourage him. And he had a very peaceful transition that was really beautiful. Oh, that that is beautiful. It's so lovely. It's, it's so wonderful when somebody or when people can have a peaceful transition like that, because a lot of times people are trying so hard to not let them go. That there's right. so much tension and uh, energy around them that's that's just not not relaxing. Right, it's not conducive. And some they say that the that the soul of the person that's trying to leave will stay out of out of care and and love for those people. And I, and I think to the degree that we've had unresolved trauma in our lives from birth, which is something that we really take a look at in our breathwork training and with our one-on-one clients is where did we get imprinted or stuck or where was the interference to our natural capacity to bond that got set up at our birth and then went into our childhoods and our adulthood. And if that's not really resolved, that that all can really come up when we're in our final breaths and in our final day. So I love my job, you know, to come in and help 
you know, soothe and clear the way for what we met when we came in to help clear the trajectory so that also when it is time to take that last breath of life, that we can take that breath with trust or relaxation or surrender. It can be so beautiful and and so, so peaceful and wonderful for people. And I think it's the kind of thing that if people would talk about it, beforehand and get used to maybe breathing together. Like if, if you're in a situation where where you know that something's going to happen, it could be a few months away, but it you know that it's coming. That right. if you can you can sit with somebody then and through the process so that they're they're kind of become used to it and become comforted by it so that it makes the whole transition, the whole process easier, gentler. That's so true. I I, I was just thinking about how the Tibetans say that, you know, they spend a lot of their practice time working with their death and preparing for their death because it's the most important moment of your life is that transition out of the body And what you just shared with me is also something that we say in the somatic experiencing work that I'm also trained in is that, you know, if you're like on a river in a a kayak or a canoe, and if you're an experienced kayaker, you can start to feel the pull of the eddy up ahead, Mm -hmm. the pull of the vortex, which could be the trauma vortex. You start feeling it and you want to build skill to navigate around that instead of getting pulled right into your, quote, trauma vortex. So you can start to feel it coming up ahead, like you said, a few months in the future. You start preparing by taking some deep breaths, by tuning into your heart. Clarity breathwork is really a practice that opens our hearts by being gentle and loving and kind with yourself, by allowing yourself to feel any feelings in a gentle way, not overwhelming way, but in a gentle way so that as you get closer and closer to that moment or that eddy or that experience that's coming up, you can navigate, you know, around it and have, you know, smooth sailing, as we say, a smoother, a smoother journey. Yeah. I think what you said about the Tibetans is is so interesting where in our society, we tend to uh, do everything we can to avoid <laughs> talking about it, avoid dying, uh, you know, what, whatever it is that we have to do, that it's it's like it's a negative and they, they, people don't see a positive in something that they're going to do <laughs> at That's some right. point. <laughs> it's That's coming, right. no it matter what. Coming. And, and I think in Western culture, we've really been in denial about death and we try to cover it up and we try to hide it and we put it away. And I know when I went to India for the first time and it's all right there. You know, they're not putting away sick people or elderly people or disabled people or death. It's all right there. And for me, you know, this was in my early 20s. It was something that was actually so enlivening for me that it wasn't hidden away and that we could embrace it as part of life. And I I know myself included and in our Western culture, most of us are terrified Mm -hmm. of death. And we're running all kinds of strategies to try to run away from that terror. And one of the things that breathwork does is that it allows us to face our fear and, and breathe into it and go through it to the other side, which is 
always peace mm-hmm. and a deeper trust in the force that brought us here in the first place. No one even knows why we are here in the first place, <laughs> the miracle of birth. And, and we don't know where we're going. And if we can surrender to that and, and have deeper trust, then I think it can be a more beautiful, precious, even tender journey. It can. And I, I had opposite experiences with my two husbands that died. Uh, the first one was uh, a professor, a bioethicist. So he dealt, wow. his, his specialty was living and dying. Right. And he, you'd think he'd, he'd know. <laughs> right. What <laughs> like was Elizabeth coming. Like Ross. <laughs> yes. Know, yeah. Like, yeah. He even, he, he worked with her directly. So, right. you know, he, he, I was surprised that he kind of didn't get it when it came to him. It was right. something for everybody else. Right. But both my husbands had the, the same illness, interestingly enough, that when I met the second one that I didn't anticipate that I would ever have another one. He and I didn't have any idea. He didn't have any idea that he was going to have the same issues that Jacques had had. And mm. they both had congestive heart failure that led to renal failure that led to dialysis. Both both of them went through both that. The same. That journey. must have been that must have been a lot for you to have to go through it once and then repeat it a second time. It was, but the first time taught me so much that it made the second time easier. Mm-hmm. And the first time, as much as I thought that Jacques would know (laughs) what was going on, I realized just like an hour before he died, he asked me if he was going to get better. I thought, oh, my gosh, he's been going through all these hospitalizations, all these treatments, all this other stuff that was really painful and miserable for him because he thought he was going to get better. Right. And I, I wish he would have said something a lot earlier. Because right. if, if he knew he wasn't, he might have chosen a, a different path. But he, he asked me that like about an hour before he actually died. Right, right. And he was he was so uptight when he died. It was just like like a shock to him that it was actually happening. Right. Where with my other husband who died, uh, we lived a real different life. And as opposed to being a an I don't want to say intellectual because he was very intellectual too, but as opposed to being a, a professor, um, an academic, an academic. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was a, a minister, a, a new thought minister. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a lot of time living in the moment, knowing I had told him all about everything that happened with shock on his journey, especially when he was diagnosed and we made decisions based on what we knew, not that they were followed by the medical community, which is another story. Right. <laughs> but uh, when it came right down to it, his last week was the most beautiful experience I will ever uh-huh. have. Oh, I'm so glad you got to have that with him. Oh, it was wonderful. He was surrounded by by mm-hmm. friends and family and anybody that couldn't get here to Maui, since we were very far away from a lot of people, he was able to FaceTime with. He he did wow. every single person he wanted to see oh. before he left. He got to. Mm. Wow, that's and, so beautiful. And, yeah, it was. And right, he faced it. He, he faced he it. He had the capacity. He had mm-hmm. the capacity to face it. And I'm sure being a new thought minister you know, really helped him to do that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the 
last few hours he had essentially gone to sleep and everybody around him were we were just sitting together touching him holding his hand whatever being right there mm. with him every moment mm. and mm. i i did notice that we all almost got in sync with our breathing it was slow it was peaceful it it was really wonderful and then so it was beautiful. very obvious when the last breath came mm. because we were all in tune and mm. i thought boy it would be so wonderful to be able to have people understand that it can be that way right and and what if it was that way you know what if that was really there was a book i read in my 20s that really rocked my world called woman on the edge of time i don't know if you ever read it but mm -hmm. it had a utopian future and one of the utopias was living in community and helping each other die helping each other transition mm. just like you just described and wouldn't that oh, be wow. beautiful surrounded by our loved ones held and supported on that that great journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's as it should be, I think, <laughs> you know, as it should be. I don't like to judge for other people. But in, in this particular case, anything that you can do to make the, the journey more beautiful, more comforting, right? right. Uh, not only for the person who's transitioning, but for the people but who for are the loved him. ones. Mm -hmm. I, I was here, I don't know if you were here when Ram Das was passing. I was. <laughs> that was that was quite an experience for the for the entire community, whether you were with him or not with him, mm -hmm. because you could really feel him. And one of the things he said in a recording was uh, for graceful passages. I'm sure you're aware of that CD. It's mm -hmm. it's music for transition, and and Ram Dass is on there, and Elizabeth Kubler Ross, and Thich Nhat Hanh, and many great teachers. And Ram Dass is saying, "I wish for you that you not be so overwhelmed at the moment of your death." Wow. so that you can move into realms of great beauty. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. It is. It is so beautiful. And I, I did ask a teacher of mine one time, I said, so what do you think happens when we die? And she said, oh, I think it's going to be really beautiful. I think we're going to like it a lot. And I just, I just loved that answer. You know, I mean, and of course, it could be very scary and it could be hard to let go of the control or of the life that we've had, or we might go like your first husband. Sounds like he went into a bit of a freeze and a fight, mm -hmm. a fight, flight, freeze. Yes. And my former partner did that too. He had that same level of denial right up to the moment he was dying. And it was so obvious that he was dying and he was a spiritual teacher, mm -hmm. but he could not face the real truth that he was dying. And I, I've thought about it a lot. Like how could someone that had all that awareness freeze up and be in denial. And I, I think, you know, our, our mechanism of freeze is millions of years old. It's a, it's a survival strategy in our nervous system that, that can kick in and, and just, you know, steady itself and then make that transition really hard, which is part of why I feel my calling to be a breath worker, to help people to open that fight, flight, freeze mechanism up you know, so that we can face reality more as it is rather than all the strategies to try to escape or fight or freeze. I, yeah, I think that's kind of a, a natural thing that people in our society today in general think they're supposed to do. 
I, I remember the, the one time that I actually got to see Ram Dawson in person. I was um, working, this is being from Hawaii, you will understand this. The, the um, doorway into light people had oh, a big with celebration. Bodhi uh-huh, yeah, with Bodhi. Uh-huh. They had this big celebration of the anniversary of the um, false alarm that we got about the uh, rockets oh, coming in. <laughs> so, ballistic missile warning. Yeah, ballistic, yeah. <laughs> so we had this this big celebration uh, for it, and Ron Boss wanted to come. And he was, at that time, hardly mobile at all and had to be carried up onto the stage. And it was, you really had to pay attention to, to hear what he was saying. And I thought, wow. It would be so cool to be in the condition like he is. And he's perfectly comfortable. He doesn't care that anybody sees him not at his prime. He still wanted to share in the celebration. And it was was a beautiful experience. It it was really cool. That is so beautiful. And what a death meditation for everyone when the ballistic missile message came on everyone's phones. I mean, I was not here, but I've talked to many people. I've talked to many people about it. I mean, you think you're going to die in in seconds, you know, and we ought to practice that meditation. Yeah. um, Because that that's the reality, actually. That will at some point happen. Mm-hmm. I was it, it was like a dress rehearsal sort of thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, here, and a friend of mine was visiting. We were in the house, and we we live on on the side of the Haleakala, so everything goes down. The house is at the top, and things go down from here. And my son was way out. Uh, back in the the yard and and we all had our cell phones with us so they all went off at the same time and i immediately stepped outside because i didn't know whether jason had taken his cell phone down there or not and and said get in here now <laughs> you know wow. and he came up and i felt so much better when he was in the room when with he was us. with you there was right. something about us being together and the three being of us together. being together there we we were saying things like okay um is there anything we want to do right now? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I I know I heard so many stories about people calling all their loved ones and doing that sort of things, and and we just kind of all of us were saying, you know, we've had a really good life, and if this is it, this is it. There's nothing we can do about it anyway, so we might as well just love each other and smile now. And That's uh, and we did, and then when I heard all these horror stories about other people, I can't say I wasn't apprehensive about what was going to happen. Right. Right. But it still, it didn't seem real. And I think when it is real, it doesn't necessarily seem real. Right. If that makes any sense. Right. Mm, That must have been an incredible day. (laughs) It was. (laughs) I've heard all kinds of stories. But I did hear Ram Dass talk about once he said that um, people would, he, he went to Emmanuel, which was one of his favorite, you know, channels through Pat, Pat Rodeguest. And, and he said, you know, I sit with all these people on the threshold of death. You know, what do I tell them about death? And Emmanuel said, oh, it's absolutely safe. <laughs> and I, I just love that answer. Oh, it's absolutely safe. You know, it's like we hadn't considered that, you know, we hadn't considered that that it might be absolutely safe when it is time to oh. leave our bodies. Perhaps the body is, is, is not absolutely safe, but the, the spirit, the mm-hmm. essence of who we really are is safe and intact. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what's the alternative? <laughs> you, you're going right. to be gone one way or the other. 
from, right. from the body. So I know I, I was with my mother, my mother-in-law, and my aunt at their moment of transition, each one of them. And it was so interesting with each of them. Each one of them, it was it was a quiet, peaceful time. And I know with my mom, I, I was holding her arm close to her elbow because I could feel her pulse there. And I was nursing me, feeling it, knowing what was happening. But it, it kind of, and when I told her what I knew she wanted to hear, that it was okay to go. Right. Her pulse stopped. Right. And I, I did the same thing with my aunt. And, and neither one of them were were talking to me, you know, able to communicate in any way. But with in both cases, that happened. And I think my mother-in-law really needed to hear somebody say that because right. she was, uh, she had been in, in great pain. She had a, a major abdominal or intestinal obstruction and, and they wanted to do surgery and it wasn't going to help. It was just going to prolong misery right. for her. And we had decided not to do it. And she, at that moment, and my mom had done it earlier than when she actually transitioned, they were reaching up and, and looking up at their fingers. And it was like they were talking to someone. Both right. of them did the, the exact same wow. thing. Wow. And so I, I went to my mother-in-law and I, I said the same thing. And it's like she just relaxed and was gone so or at least her body right so it was mm -hmm. I, I think there's a whole lot to it and since then I've, I've just heard so many people say that they they gave permission to whoever it right. was and right. that, that permission enabled it to Let happen it so helped. I've just got to believe that yeah that's real I've heard so many stories about that too and when we when we know that it's okay we can let go. And I think that applies to so many little deaths that we have in our life as well, mm -hmm. you know, because we're kind of faced with a lot of little and big deaths in our life, you know, and that it's, that it's okay, you know, that it's okay to let go of a relationship or it's okay to let go of something that we've known or, you know, that it's okay. And to be able to give each other that reassurance that we're okay. Mm-hmm. And that it's okay, you know, can just help us to relax more. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's just so important. Reassurance, being, being loving, caring kins for each other. Yes. Humanity. You yeah. Know, that's, that's what we need is, is more kindness and more love for one another. We're all in this experience together. And it's Absolutely. so needed. It's so needed right now because the the hatred and the war is really based on a fear and a, mm -hmm. a fear of life and a fear of death. So I, I think the work that you're doing is just so important to help navigate people through through grief and 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 our fear of death and our fear of losing our loved ones. Yes, that's for sure. Well, can can you, um, we've been talking about breathwork. Can you give us an example of breathwork? I could, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to just share, you know, the breathwork that I've developed with my colleague, um, Dharma Davy over, you know, 20 plus years together and over seven decades. Um, 
full working with this power is that it it's it's a softer gentler approach to breath work some breath work um, techniques are fast and um pushing and and might lead to a lot of sensation and hyperventilation and huge releases and what we've come to in our journey is just like we've been talking about the process of death that that gentle and presence is what really heals us. So I'll just describe the breath and then would you like to do it for a few minutes? Oh, and just yes. have so a little bit of a fabulous. taste of it? Okay, yes, let's please. do that. So um, to do clarity breath work, and it's usually about an hour long session, but we can get a taste of it in just a few minutes even. But it's through through an open mouth because the mouth is just simply a bigger opening to receive through. And then as we're exhaling, we're releasing, you know, whatever stress tension we've been holding. And as we're inhaling, we're just breathing in the, the relaxation, the peace, the trust. And it's a circular connected breath. So we, we breathe all the way on the sound of ah and the sound of ha. And it's a connected breath without pauses. So we bring it right back in. So let's just take a few. I'm going to invite all of you that are listening right now or watching just to place a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly. And we recognize that these are very tender issues that we are speaking of and that it might be stirring up your own material, your own grief, your own anticipation of your future. And so let's just close our eyes for a moment. And take a deep breath in through your mouth and out through your mouth, breathing in the ground, breathing out anything you want to release back to the ground, breathing in all the support that's around you, all the people that have told you it's okay. Breathing out any fear or tension or holding. Breathing into any emotions that are here for you. Including if there's someone that has crossed over, we can access them through the breath. We may see them or sense them or feel them. Might be able to remember what it was like to be with them and we can feel their love because the love is eternal so just stay with your breath we'll just go for a couple more minutes of breathing and just open to receive a message Send that energy out through your hands, your fingertips, opening your hands to receive. And down through your legs, through the bottom of your feet, opening your legs. Relaxing your spine, letting everything go. And let's just send this breath forward also to any future moments where you're going to need your breath. You're going to be able to remember to breathe. And let's plant that seed that even at the moment 
of our death from this body, when we take that last breath, we can surrender, we can trust, we can know that it's okay. And you might even want to visualize that you are surrounded by your loved ones. You are held and supported that you appreciate your life and all the gifts of your life. And you can let go in gratitude. And then let's come back into this moment right now, again, with your hand on your heart and a hand on your belly. I want you to breathe into everything that you would like to allow yourself to receive and to breathe into while you have this gift of life and this gift of breath. You might even just want to commit to loving yourself more and loving your beloveds more and appreciating this precious gift. And take three more deep breaths, just letting the breath wash over you. And since we're both in Hawaii, we're just going to send you a blessing of love from these this powerful mountain of Haleakala and from the cleansing waters, the Iha Valley and the ocean. I'm just gonna send it out to you, offering you this soothing healing presence. And let's bring our hands to prayer position in front of our hearts. And since we also touched on birth, let's just send some energy back to that little baby that was being born and offer them a breath that it's okay to be alive. Welcome into the world. And may every breath we take be blessed and become more conscious. And then just give yourself a big hug. Let's not wait (laughs) to the moment of our departure. to be celebrated or to celebrate our lives. Oh, Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. Well, Emily, I can say the color just exudes in your face. I'm (laughs) just seeing like your whole color is alive and your energy is so bright and youthful. (laughs) Thank you so much. It feels that way. And I'm I'm sure the people listening right now are feeling that, Mm -hmm. that beautiful sense of peace and serenity that came from what you just gave us thank you so much for inviting me you know i've i've really for me death is really a daily meditation and i'm sure it is for you Mm. it's not always it's not that way for some of my friends they don't really think about it i think about it often and um i think we live in a time when it's it's here for us to really face and just really want to honor you for your courage to step out and and help us to just to talk about it and to face it and to let it be a part of our journey and to let it be okay. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing this this time with us. It's it's so important that like uh, Ram Das said, we're walking each other home. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, in our show notes for today, I'll, I'll have uh, the information for Ashana and for Clarity Breathwork so that you can see more of what she does. And you've got a special event coming up 
soon. Oh, yes. We're, we're thrilled to offer our seven-day free. It's called Vibrate Up Next Level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is Clarity, Abundance, and Purpose. And it's seven days, seven chakras, uh, seven tools to elevate our lives. And so we'll be breathing every single day. And Dana will be playing her incredible flutes. And we'll be singing mantras. And we'll be journeying through each of the chakras to Mm. clean and clear out and to bring in these qualities of clarity, abundance, and purpose so that we can really step up and step out and live that and give our gifts and live our purpose just like like you are through your beautiful book behind you and through your offering. I think, you know, we're here for a purpose to, to share our gifts and to walk each other home. And sometimes we get caught up in, in the stuff (laughs) and, and then we feel that we're not on purpose. And, and so when we have tools like the breath to help us clear through uh, the blockages, then we can naturally align with our purpose and be like Ram Das carried up on the stage, just so happy to do his job and give his message. And when we're when we're doing that, we're we're usually pretty happy and pretty content because we know that we're fulfilling what we came here to fulfill. So I encourage you all to attend. It's free and Emily will give you the link for that. Yes. Thank you so much. And I look forward to my listeners joining us again next week, and we'll have more wonderful things to learn about and do. So thank you for sharing this time with us. Bye, everyone. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.